the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 262 CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Let me say this. If things are not right between you as a parent and your children, address it today. You may not have the opportunity tomorrow. Address it today. Communicate with them. Let them know that you love them. Don't have any regrets. Talk to them. Open up. Don't just have what so many men are good at, shallow, superficial conversations. How you doing? Good. Okay. That's it. That's about as deep as it goes. In The Fiddler on the Roof, Tevier asked his wife Goldie if she loved him. She replied that she cooked for him, cleaned for him, sewed for him. On and on she went with her list of things she did for him. For 25 years I've lived with him, fought him, starved with him. 25 years my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Tevier replied, Then do you love me? She finally said, I suppose I do. It is important that we communicate our love not only to our spouse, but to our children. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve Kreloff will be concluding a three-part message on David's failure as a father. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, and these radio classes are an extension of his teaching ministry. While we are each responsible for our own choices in life, it is obvious that as parents, we have more influence over our children's development than anyone else. Today, let's consider the importance of communication. Here's Pastor Steve. Now, where did David fail as a father with Absalom? Well, for one thing, and I think this is uh, just one aspect, David had tried to solve his problem by murder as well. He murdered Uriah. What an example. Absalom has a real problem with Amnon, so he goes and murders him. Like, that's going to solve the problem. That's one area in which David failed as an example. But secondly, and I think most importantly, where David failed was that he refused to fully forgive his son. And it led to Absalom being frustrated, it led to him being exasperated, and it bred open rebellion and resentment and a, and a horrible attitude. His resentment had been building for years, years and years. And the New Testament specifically addresses this whole issue of a parent's, uh, and, and specifically a father's relationship with a child. Notice... And I'll, t- I'll turn to it in Ephesians chapter 6. You don't need to turn there unless you can get there very quickly. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't provoke your children to anger. In other words, don't do anything that's going to frustrate them. They may be annoyed at you because they don't get their own way, but he's not talking about that. He's talking about a resentful spirit. He's frustrated. He's provoked to, a, to a, 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 an ongoing simmering of anger, an angry young man, and there are many like this, an angry young woman because the fathers have, have exasperated them. And there's all kinds of ways you can exasperate a child. 
being overly critical, being overly strict, being overly lenient, not communicating, favoritism, all, all kinds of things, all, all kinds of things. Colossians, which is a parallel passage on this, Colossians 3, verse 21, says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children that they may not lose heart. Don't frustrate them, because what happens, the end result is they lose heart. It's, uh, you could translate it, don't take the, the wind out of their sails. So that they have, you've broken their spirit. You've broken their spirit. Exasperated. Attitude-wise. Absalom was just that. He was an exasperated, frustrated young man. And this could have been so easily avoided. So easily avoided. How? By doing what the father of the prodigal son did. Remember the story in the New Testament? It says, but while he was still a long way off, his son's returning now. He's, he's lived a horrible life, but he's coming home. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and his father felt compassion for him. He ran and embraced him and kissed him. What a marvelous picture of grace and forgiveness and mercy. Son, you're home. You were dead, but now you're back. David could have done that, should have done that. You see, David had experienced God's full forgiveness. In Psalm 32, he speaks of the joys of being finally forgiven. After a year of not confessing it, David knew what it was like to be forgiven. Ephesians chapter 4 says that we are to forgive in, as we've been forgiven in Christ. Forgiveness means fellowship. Not only with God, but when you forgive another person, you're restored. There's no such thing as I've forgiven, but I can't stand being with that person. Then you have not forgiven. Forgiveness in the Bible means reconciliation. It means you can sit together in church and take communion and not feel resentment to the person next to you. It means you can sit together in church whether you take communion or not and not feel resentment. It means you can be in a Bible study with that person. It means that you have, if you've really forgiven them that you will be together with them. That if you see them in the mall you won't want to turn the other way. Forgiveness means fellowship. David understood that. Did he not have full fellowship with God? Yes, but he refused it from his son. And he lived to regret this. He lived to regret this. Let me, let me just say, fathers, mothers, let your children know that you unconditionally love them. doesn't mean that you approve of everything they do. That you've forgiven them for their sins. That, you, that, that they have your approval. That's so important. Encourage them. Praise them. Don't only criticize them. Don't be the kind of parent that when they come home with a 96 on their paper, you say, how come you didn't get higher? Don't do that. Don't be the parent who says, when they've, they've gotten uh, so many good grades, have gotten Bs, how come you didn't get all As? Now, they may be capable of that, and there's a place to encourage them to do the best they can, but don't always be criticizing them. David never spoke for five years to his son. And you know what? He loved his son. He really loved him, but he never initiated communication, and he lived to regret it. Eventually, Absalom was killed in the rebellion. Uh, an incredible story. The Bible says he had a lot of hair. I would have liked to have seen a picture of this guy. And he was riding on his mule, and uh, his mule, uh, his hair got caught in the thicket of, of branches coming down, and the mule went on. And so he's stuck there. It's kinda, if he didn't die, it would kind of be a comical picture. And so he's hanging there by his hair. And this is in chapter 18. We just won't take the time to, uh, to look at it. And Joab, David's general, comes along, even though David said, don't kill the boy. 
Joab thought, yeah, right. The boy's dead. The rebellion's over. So he killed him. He killed him. And when David heard about this in chapter 18, look at it. He deeply regretted this. Chapter 18, verse 33. And the king was deeply moved and went up to his chamber over the gate and wept. And thus he said as he walked, Oh, my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I have died instead of you, O Absalom, my son, my son. I mean, you could just feel the passion. Just feel it. He lived to regret it. And you know what I say if I could speak to David? David, why didn't you say this to your son when he was alive? Why didn't you tell him when he was alive? You had five years of an opportunity to tell him that you loved him and you forgave him and he could come and sit with you and have a meal with all of your other children. Why didn't you tell him you loved him when you had the opportunity? Let me say this. If you aren't right, if things are not right between you as a parent and you and, and your children, address it today. You may not have the opportunity tomorrow. Address it today. Communicate with them. Let them know that you love them. Don't have any regrets. Talk to them. Open up. Don't just have what so many men are good at, shallow, superficial conversations. How you doing? Good. Okay. That's it. That's about as deep as it goes. How was your day today? Fine. Good. Let's watch some TV. Listen. Communicate. Open up. Share your heart. Bear your soul. Let your child know that there is unconditional love. And that you appreciate them. So David's failure as a father is seen in Amnon's rape, in Absalom's rebellion. There's one other boy. His failure as a father is also seen in a son by the name of Adonijah's rule. His rule. Now we jump ahead to the time when David is an old man. He's about to die. It's approaching when he, uh, the time when he needs to be replaced as king. Remember, there's a Davidic dynasty. God said they'll always, you'll have an eternal throne. So he knows that somebody's got to sit on the throne, one of his children. But which son? Who's going to do it? When you've got a lot of sons, who, who is it? Well, David had privately told Bathsheba, it's your son. It's Solomon. He's going to be the one to sit on the throne. However, there was another son by the name of Adonijah who assumed that he was going to be the, the next king because Adonijah was now the oldest living son. Amnon's gone. Absalom's gone. So he would assume... I'm next in line. And uh, Adonijah rose up to try to snatch the throne from David and Israel. We, we turn now to 1 Kings, which is the next book after 2 Samuel. 1 Kings chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Now King David was old, advanced in age, and they covered him with clothes, but he could not keep warm. And you know, sometimes as you get old, the blood doesn't circulate, and that's, that's what happened with David. Always cold. Couldn't, couldn't keep warm. Jump down to verse 5. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, remember they, they had different mothers, exalted himself saying, I will be king. So he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen with 50 men to run before him. So taking advantage of David's age and his weaknesses now, Adonijah declares himself king. Nobody else declared, I, I will be king. I'm the king. But Adonijah's behavior was also related to David's failure as a father. You say, how, how so? Verse 6 tells us. And his father had never crossed him 
at any time by asking, why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man, and he was born after Absalom. In other words, quite frankly, he was a spoiled brat. David never punished him. David never spanked this boy. He wasn't disciplined by his father, and he got whatever he wanted. So listen, he wants the king, the kingship? I'll take the throne. After all, nobody ever stood up to him and said no. Uh, maybe it was cute when he was a little kid. Oh, look, little Adonijah's having a temper tantrum, but now he's big bad Adonijah, and he wants the throne. And who's going to stand in his way? David certainly is too weak at this point. David failed to spank him when he was young, and he never restrained his behavior, and that's a real problem. And that's something that parents need to deal with. Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your son while there is hope, because there comes a point when little kids grow up to be big kids, and they behave like big kids, and they say, I want this. And nobody's going to tell them no, or they're going to have a grown-up hissy fit. And that's a horrible person to be around. We all know people like this. If they don't get their way, they make life miserable for the rest of us. Proverbs 22.15 says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of reproof is going to drive it far from him. You've got to spank when they're young. And as they get older, maybe you don't spank, but there has to be some form of punishment, some type of consequence for sin, or else why would they change? If, if I can sin and not get hurt in some way, then I'm going to want to sin again. But if it hurts to sin, then I'm going to think twice about it and change my behavior. Proverbs 29.15 says, It is a shame. A child who's not disciplined brings shame to his mother and father. Why? Because the shame is that the child's behavior reveals a negligence of the parents to discipline him or her. David suffered the consequences and everybody did, of not disciplining Adonijah. So Adonijah's revolt was stopped, by the way, uh, as David appointed Solomon as his successor. The story goes on to say that David appointed Solomon, and so uh, nobody had any questions about it. But Adonijah wasn't used to not getting his way. So he goes to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and he makes a request. Notice 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 50. Then Adonijah was afraid of Solomon. Yeah, because Solomon's the king now, and Adonijah has declared that he's the king. And he arose, went, and took hold of the horns of the altar. So he went to the temple thinking, this will protect me. Now it was told Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon, for behold, he's taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he'll not put his servant to death with the sword. Solomon said, If he'll be a worthy man, not one of his hairs will fail, uh, will fall to the ground, but if wickedness is found in him, he will die. That's a merciful thing to do. After all, this guy's trying to be king, and you're the king. How do you know he's not going to stab you in the back? He says he'll live if he behaves properly. We turn to chapter 2. And uh, verse 13. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. He said, please uh, do me a favor. Do you, well, she said, do you come in peace? And he said, peacefully. And he's asking a favor. And then he said, I have something to say to you. And she said, speak. So he said, you know, the kingdom was mine and that all Israel expected me to be king. However, the kingdom has turned about and become my brothers for it was from the Lord. It was his from the Lord. That sounds spiritual enough. And, but it's not. And now I'm making one request of you, and do not refuse me. And she said to him, speak. Then he said, please speak to Solomon the king, for he will not refuse you. You know why? Because this is his mama. 
and he'll give me, that he will give me Abishag the Shunammite as a wife. Bathsheba said, very well, I'll speak to the king for you. So you might think this is an innocent thing. He goes and he says, look, would you speak to your son? All I request is that he give me this woman as my wife. You'd say, well, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair. He just wants, wants someone, this woman, to be his wife. But it's not a good thing. Not a good thing. So Bathsheba goes and asks Solomon, and notice the response. Verse 20, then she said, I'm making one small request of you. Don't refuse me. The king said to her, ask my mother, for I will not refuse you. So she said, let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as a wife. And King Solomon answered and said to his mother, and why are you asking Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? Ask for him also the kingdom. For he is my older brother, even for him, for Abathar the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruah. Then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, May God do to me, and more also of Adonijah has not spoken this word against his own life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has established me and set me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house as he promised, surely Adonijah will be put to death. So King Solomon sent Benaiah the son of Jehada, and he fell upon him so that he died. You say, wow. Imagine if he asked for something really big, what would happen? Uh, why, did, why did Solomon do this? You have to know a little bit about the culture of the day. The woman he asked for to be his wife was a concubine of King David. In ancient times, whoever had the king's harem or his, or his concubines and wives was considered the king. What Adonijah was saying in a sneaky way I want to be recognized as the king. If I can have this woman as my wife, then Israel will recognize if I have the royal wives, I have the royal throne. Why did he do this? He, he, he died for it. Why did he do this? Because the man never learns that you can't get your own way. That's why. Because David never spanked him. And so David's third problem child died, all as a result of, of their own sin but their father deeply influenced. I mean, this man's uh, own stubbornness cost him his life. But David failed as a father. With each of his boys, he failed to set a good example. He failed to fully forgive, and he failed to exercise discipline. So let's, let's pull this together for us. For those of us who still have the opportunity to raise our children, we need to apply these truths specifically to our lives, starting today. Parenting responsibilities. Listen, you have a great opportunity to take that class with Bruce Mills on parenting. Do it. Do it. Nothing is more important than you knowing biblical principles. That's something specific you can do. If you say, well, I'm too busy, then you deserve everything you're going to get. Because you have the opportunity. Many churches don't teach you biblical counseling, uh, biblical principles of raising a child. You ought to make that your priority. You have no excuse. We provide it for you. But you also need to apply these truths starting today, to be an example, to fully forgive, to let your children know you love them. Don't wait for something to horribly happen where they leave and you'll regret it and discipline your children. But for some, you may think it's too late, and I suspect some feel that way, a little dejected today. Boy, I blew it with my kids. What can you do? Well, start with an open and honest confession of sin before God. I was too busy growing up with my, my children. Didn't spend enough time with them. Didn't do things with them. Didn't build a relationship. Didn't tell them I loved them. Never apologized. I can't tell you how many young people, when I ask this question, I do normally when I'm doing some premarital counseling, I say, listen, did, did your father, especially your father, did he ever ask you to forgive him for something he did wrong? Almost all the time, not all the time, but almost, 
all the time, I hear, no, no. And I'm talking about from Christian families. No, dad could never be wrong. Never be wrong. That's horrible. That's horrible. But you've never sinned? That's, that's a horrible thing. So start with an open and honest confession of your failures before God and then your children. If you were too busy for them, if you didn't do the things that you should have done, done then you call them up on the phone or you ask them to come over or you better yet, you go over to see them and you ask them to forgive you. So I might cry. Well, then cry. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Ask them to forgive you. And don't excuse it. Don't say, you know, it was so hard. I had to make money. And, 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 and that's all true. It may have been hard, but... We have time for priorities. It's a value system. We have time for what we think is important. Secondly, you can confess and ask forgiveness for what you've done in the past, but what can you do now? Starting now, you cultivate a good relationship with your children. It is never too late, never too late to start doing what's right. Talk to them. Communicate. Ask them questions. Spend time together. Listen to them. And let let me say this. Listen to their music. You know why? Because that's where young people are at. They say, I don't like their music. Listen anyway. Listen to it. You'll understand a lot about your children, and you'll be communicating to them that they are important to you. Well, I wasn't raised with the music. It bothers me. Well, then you're going to get a child who's alienated from you. Get in their world. Find out what's going on in their mind. Number three, be the best grandparent that you can not just a parent, be the best parent, but also the best grandfather, the best grandmother you can. Learn from your mistakes as a father, as a mother, and give yourself to your children's children. Maybe you didn't do the right things with your children, but you can do the right things with your grandchildren. Invest in their lives. And what this teaches us, and ought to be a great encouragement, you may feel, well, I've blown it. Listen, we all feel like that. We all feel like that, that we've blown it. But what it does remind us of is that while we may have blown it, God never does. God is the perfect father, isn't he? Perfect example, never does anything wrong. When he gives you forgiveness, he really forgives. He doesn't say, I'll forgive you, but we're not talking. Full forgiveness. He loves you so much also that he disciplines you because he doesn't want you to be a spoiled brat. So God is like that. We can become his children by trusting Jesus Christ as our Savior, the one who paid for our sins. We repent, we trust him. And you know what? Then we get a divine nature, and we can begin to be like that. Otherwise, you can't. Otherwise, you can't. You get a new nature. In a new nature, you have the capacity to be a good example. You have the capacity to fully forgive. You have the capacity to have open communication. You have the capacity to discipline for the right motives, not out of anger, frustration, but out of correction to do what's right for this child so he grows up to be the kind of responsible person he should be. Let's bow for prayer right now. Let's ask ourselves, and better yet, ask the Lord, what is it that you need to do in response to this? There's not one person here, including myself, who can say, I've always done what's right as a parent. If you think that way, that's, that's self-righteousness. You haven't been that way. You're not perfect. And so what you need to do is ask the Lord, What do I need to do in response to this? What child do I need to go to and get it straightened out? Father, forgive me for these things. Maybe I haven't really loved my child in a way that he or she knows it. Oh, I love them, but have have I told them this? 
Have I encouraged them? Have I spent time with them? Have I, have I just sat down and said, let's talk? What, where, where's your interest lie? Let me hear your favorite song. Tell me about your favorite TV program. Tell me about your world. If you haven't done that, you need to start. David was an amazing man in many ways, especially because of his desire to please and honor God. But as we have seen over the past few weeks, he failed in many ways too. Lord, help us to learn from the examples we've seen these past few days and be the parents you want us to be so that we steer our children toward lives that will honor you. Amen. It was great to have you in class with us today. You've been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily Bible classes of the air are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by our listeners. If you have been blessed by these lessons, we hope you will prayerfully consider helping keep these broadcasts on the air. To learn how you can participate, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Click the Support Us link near the top right corner of the page. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message. You can hear the entire message by ordering a CD or cassette. To do so, call us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a phone number, and we will return your call during regular office. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.